stairway to heaven. How many remember the song, but you don't really remember the song? It's, I, I, I actually spent many hours listening to that song over and over because even though I wasn't saved, something about that song resonated with us because we really felt like we really felt like there was a way to connect with spiritual things we didn't know much about god and we didn't know much about all that stuff but we knew there was a spiritual dimension uh-huh and we felt like you know through through drugs we can actually kind of create a doorway to another dimension and we were so proud of the fact that we could see things, you know, that other people couldn't see. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. But we need to start really getting a hold of the fact that there really is a spiritual dimension. There really is. And it's real. And the devil has his. He's in that dimension. And that's why people do witchcraft and seances and all that sort of thing and Ouija boards. And, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how many people believe in that stuff, that they can actually communicate with the dead or contact an evil spirit or, you know, they want to talk to their dead grandpa and they call it a familiar spirit. Well, duh. The name's appropriate. Yeah, it's familiar, all right, because that devil knows your grandpa and... Uh, Watch it now. There are doorways. I think we experienced one this morning where it's as if heaven opens and earth opens. There's two doors, and then a stairway kind of connects the two. And, I'm, and I, I, I want to encourage you that whenever that happens in prayer and you feel like those, you know, sometimes we pray and it seems like heaven's like brass, but sometimes we pray we feel like we have an open door. And, you know, and I'm telling you, every time I get to those places where there's an open door, I, I try to remember every prayer request I possibly can and shove them up that door. Get as many up there, right? Because an open door means an unhindered access. And I love those moments when there's unhindered access. And there's more examples of this in Scripture than, than you possibly uh, have thought about. I remember the Apostle John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. And he said, you know, I was there. Paul said, I don't know if I was in the body or out of the body, but here's what I saw. Amen. D Daniel fought, or the, the <clears throat> angels fought for 21 days to get that door open. Sometimes it's warfare to get that door open, but finally his prayer was answered. Amen. Come on, don't ever give up because it's war out there. Amen. Angels are fighting for you. Don't give up. Don't just say a little lay me down to sleep prayer and give up because eventually that, that will, God never just ignores a prayer. The answer might be no. It might be yes. It might be maybe. It might be wait a little bit. But there's always an answer. Your, your prayer, his word, will never return void. Give him praise. Amen.
Ezekiel saw heaven. Isaiah, I mean, I mean, we could just go on and on about people that have seen this doorway. Stephen, just before, you know, he died, they were, they were stoning him, martyring him. He was about to die, looked up into heaven, and God goes, Rrr. Of course, the best example is Genesis chapter 28, and we, we know about Jacob. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went to Haran, right? So he came to a certain place. The place didn't even have a name and stayed there all night because the sun had set. Sometimes you just are where you are because the sun set. Sometimes you find yourself in life situation because that's just where life dropped you. You don't know what to do. You don't know why you're there. It's cold. You're alone. It's, uh, you know, it's a tough place. So, so he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he laid down in that place to sleep. It was not a my pillow. People bring those on the airplane and everything. They don't, you know, everywhere they go, I'm going to bring my pillow. I'll have to buy me one of those. My pillow, but this this is a rock. You know you're in a hard place when your pillow's a rock. Hey, when that happens, he said the sun had set. Uh huh. So then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder, or really in the Hebrew, it was kind of a, like a ramp, was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. There the angels of God were ascending. They were ascending because their mission is here on earth. So they go from their mission to heaven and get clearance and instruction and come back down to bless you. So they're ascending and descending on it. Let's go through this. And behold, the Lord stood above it. And he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father. And the God of Isaac. You know, what's one of the names of God? He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Took three generations to get that name. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Sometimes the hard place you're at actually is going to become the place of your promise. God will make it bloom. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't know it. The Lord is in this place. How many know the Lord can be anywhere? I, I love, uh, I've been hearing the reports, what happened there at Besiris, what, at least four saved. Six to eight. It, we're claiming 14. Oh. She personally saw, got five of them saved. And, we, and you baptized, you baptized 14. Oh, got saved. Outside. It's not in a church. We're, we're going to have to get more of those portable baptistries and just take it everywhere and just, just get people saved and baptized. Amen. Because I think more and more it's going to start happening outside the four walls of the church. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. My voice is bad enough I can almost do it. Get ready, get ready, get ready. 
How awesome is this place? How many times, how many places have I said that? How awesome is this place? It had nothing to do with the view. It had nothing to do with the scenery. It had nothing to do with who I was with. How awesome is this place? Because God was in this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Wherever there's a gate to heaven, there's a house of God. How many know you are a house? You are a house of God. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, that hard place that he was laying on, now became an altar, and he set it up like a pillar, and he poured oil on it. Oh, he covered it. See, the oil is the covering that allows the presence of God to dwell there. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city had been Luz previously. God's about to change the name of your city. He's about to change the name of your location. He's about to rename your situation. He's about to, people are saying you're, you're this or that and you'll never make it, but God's about to rename your city and call it something completely. Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on and a new Cadillac so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. Vow to vow. And this stone which I've set as a pillar shall be God's house. Oh, you need to turn your situation into God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. So a door opened. There are doors in scriptures. I believe there are doors. There are doors everywhere, and uh, there are geographical locations on the earth, like Jerusalem. Jerusalem is probably the main doorway, but there are different places you go, and you can sense not only the presence of the Lord, but you can sense demonic presence, because it seems like wherever there's a stairway to heaven, there's a doorway to hell. The enemy knows where to set up his tent. Whenever God is blessing, the devil will try to move right next door and steal what belongs to God. You need to be careful because there's a spirit of deception out there right now trying to steal you away. You need to be careful. Don't just run after everything that glitters because everything that glitters isn't gold. I tell you, the Lord gave me that word the other day. I know it's an old saying, but he spoke to me and he said, you need to tell the people everything that glitters, everything that's shiny, just because it's something new, doesn't mean it's from me. There are areas, geographies, there are places. Uh, I, I, remember, I remember going to uh, Arizona and that place, what's that place, uh, where all the New Agers accumulate there, Sedona. And it's a beautiful place, but as soon as you get there, you know there's a, there's a stronghold there. There's a demonic doorway. You just know it. And, and, and sinners know it more than saints because they're drawn to places like that because they said that's a good place to hear from hell. <laughs> so let's talk about different doors real quick. First of all, there, are, there is such a thing as shut doors. And when God shuts a door, you need to be okay. 
Don't go knocking on that shut door. Don't be trying to change God's will. Sometimes God will open it, and you don't want that open. Kind of reminds me, I, I think it was Billy Graham. This is like 30 years ago. He preached this message about this parakeet that kept trying to get out of her cage. She wanted to be free, and the cat agreed. Sometimes the devil will agree with your want to freedom, amen, but he's waiting just outside the door. Yes, you don't want any door open, amen. If God shuts a door, let it be shut. Touch your neighbor and say, keep shut doors shut. Acts 16, verse 6 and 9. Y'all praying for me? Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Forbidden. Close the door. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia, right? Philippi is where he wound up. A man, northern Greece, a man of Macedonia, stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Listen, this was huge because, really, the Jews were more eastern than western. They had more in common with with the Persians and, and nations to the east than the Romans to the west. And Paul, Paul intended to go east with the gospel, and God shut that door and said, I want you to go to Europe. That's probably why you're sitting here today. Now, some people went east. The gospel went all the way to China. There's rumors that the apostle Thomas preached the gospel in India and started the church there. But God wanted Paul to go west, and Europe was saved. Lydia was the first convert, first new convert in Europe. When you get to heaven, you'll have a little badge that says, first convert in Europe. How many know there are shut doors? There's something in Scripture called doors of faith. Acts chapter 14, verse 27. Now, when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Listen, faith is not something. Sometimes we say, do you have faith? Where's your faith? Like we have control of it. You can't work faith up. It's not up to you. It said to every man it is given. The measure of faith. What measure is that? The measure you need. He didn't give you faith to do things you're not called to do. Some of us get in trouble because we start doing things we want to do. And we find out we don't have faith to do those things. And we wind up operating in our own strength and our own power, trying to make it happen. And we get frustrated and quit. Listen, you need to find out where God wants you because there's the door of faith. Doors of faith. I believe there's such a thing as power doors. How how many remember when you, some of you have some of these cars that don't have power. And when you have to open the window, it's like... Actually, I think you're smart when it's 20 below. I hate to go through McDonald's and have to open the door because my stupid window won't come down, right? But now it's power steering and power windows and power brakes and everything. everything's power nowadays, amen? Oh, there's a lot of churches. That they're getting things done, but it's, it's by the force and power of their own muscles. 
But when you have a power saw, you could be seven years old. I, I I watch these home home construction shows, and you get these little little ladies, and they got these these nail guns, pneumatic nail guns, are bigger than them, and they just pick the thing. Little hundred pound women. First Corinthians sixteen nine. Amen. Watch this, and because a great door for effective work has opened to me, and there are those who oppose me. Yeah, those open doors tend to attract opposition. It's okay. The door's still open. He may be blocking the door, but the door's still open. You say, well, well, what is this door anyway? Jesus said, I am the door. The devil can't close the door because the door is Jesus. Boy, that's power right there. Amen. Do you, all, do you all really understand what it means when you say, in the name of Jesus? Do you understand? Let, let's go back to Paul, for instance, when he crossed over into Europe and he meets Lydia, and Lydia's supporting his ministry, and they begin, and, and, and within a few days, he meets that demonic, that, that girl with the, with the python spirit, and that, that python, you know, once, listen, whenever God opens a door, a python's going to show up and try to squeeze the life out of you, amen. But he commanded that python, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. Sometimes you just need to get aggravated. I'm sick and tired of this devil in the name of Jesus. Do you understand what you're saying when you say in the name of Jesus? See, if I come to you and say, I want you to do this, that, and the other, and you just look at me like, well, who do you think you are? And then I say, well, I have, I have this letter here from the President of the United States, and he's telling me to tell you this is what you got to do. And he's got, the, he's got the whole power of the military behind him. Amen. And in other words, I say, in the name of the president, you, then it's got to be done. Amen. When you say, in the name of Jesus, Father God, Father God says, that's my son. I know him. And if you're coming in his name, I'm going to grant your request. Amen. Doors of opportunity. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, a door was opened to me by the Lord. There are doors of opportunity. I, that ought to be part of your morning prayer. God, let me have doors of opportunity. I don't need to look for people to witness to. I just wait for open doors, and I just walk through them. Amen. God, give me opportunities today. You ought to pray that every day. And then as you go through the day, just start looking for opportunities. You don't have to, please don't try to make things happen because you're going to get in trouble. You just wait on the Lord. Amen. Listen, the whole time you've been sleeping he's been setting up your day he's been setting up opportunities he's been opening and closing doors amen so the first thing you ought to do in the morning is not say well what do i want to do today first thing you ought to do is say god what have you been up to while i've been sleeping say why does god do that because that's the only way you can get things done knock you out you might as well say amen I got to hurry up. How about doors of utterance? Boy, I need that one this morning. Colossians 4.3, 
Meanwhile, praying also for us that, door, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in Christ. Some of you need to start praying, God, give me a voice. Give me a voice. He wants to put a word in your mouth. Jesus said, in that hour, don't even think about what to say because the Holy Ghost will give you what you... Now, that's assuming you've been putting things in. If you don't know the word, it's a lot harder for him to get the word out of you. Now, early in my ministry, sometimes I've said things, didn't realize it was even in the Word. You know, a few days later, I read it, and, oh. So don't put God in a box, but it does work better when you put something in. You need to pray, God, give me words. Shut up. Give me words. Give me a word. Give me a message. Give me something to say. In other words, give me a ministry. Wow. Doors of utterance. But let's close this out by, and that doesn't mean I'm done, but let's close this out. <laughs> it's the last chunk. But let's talk about quickly how to get through that door. And where the Lord took me for this was Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. And I love this, preaching so many times. Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, because they, they would have these, uh, every three hours they would have these prayers. By the way, if you'll set a time for prayer, it could very easily become a doorway. Say, that's my ninth hour doorway. That's my third hour door. Am I helping somebody? And a certain man, a certain man, poor guy didn't even have a name. See, nowadays we teach them, get the name. <laughs> oh, you didn't even get that. All right, man, man, man. A certain man, don't, don't know who he was, but he was lame from his mother's womb. Here's a guy who never knew what it was like to walk. He was just born that way, crippled in his legs. Whom uh, <clears throat> from his mother's womb was carried and whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. I, I love what Jake says about this. He said he, was in, he had an ugly problem at a beautiful gate. And that good? Ugly problem at a beautiful gate. And, and, and somebody had to carry him there. And I believe it just got to be a routine with him. And every day somebody would come by. I'm thankful for faithful people. I'm thankful for people who love ministry. I'm thankful for those of you that, you know, every day you're checking on people and praying for people. And, and if they need a ride, they need food, you're, you're there. We have so many people like that. God bless you. And so they're faithful. I don't have anything bad to say about them. But you have to be careful because sometimes routine is 
Sometimes routine is really a replacement for what God really wants to do. It's, it's like when, when we can't do really what we need to do, we just fall into routine. Some of you, if you would just change the chair you sit on on Sunday morning, God might bless you. Oh, no, I can't think straight. I... Yeah, that's your problem. You're always thinking. <laughs> just try one over. Just, you know, go. Just baby steps, baby steps. I told, I told the whole church to do that once in the old sanctuary. It messed me up. I get kind of used to y'all being in certain places, you know. We have to be careful that we don't settle for routines. When God wants to do something new, when it's new every day, when the man is fresh from heaven every morning, it's time to understand God wants to do something. You need to get up every morning because it's new every morning. Fresh every morning so be careful you know routines we we're, we're we're humans we like routines we don't have to think about it but god sometimes routines are replacing what god really wants to do in your life god and and really these people were faithful and i appreciate them coming but but really what's going on here is a religious thing and what he was wanting was not what he needed. He was sitting at a solid gold gate begging for money. Isn't that ironic? And the religious people would come by and bless their heart. I love, you know, we can love religious people. But the religious people would come by and they, they just knew every morning certain man, his first name was certain, his last name was man, certain man would always be sitting there, pathetic as he was. And I'm sure some people say, I wish they'd move him to that other gate. Because I, I don't like to see that decrepit picture in front of that beautiful gate. You know, we got a really nice church. It's a shame some of these Well, and I really can't fix them, but I'll just kind of throw some money at it. Some of you, God's calling to ministry, and all you're doing is throwing money. Some of you don't even throw money at it. You... So we got this religious thing going on where every morning they just get their little two cents ready. and Well, yeah, this is for a certain man. And I just go by and then, Here, here's your thing. I, I do this every Saturday, every Sunday. I just put, give you just a little conscience money here. Just, just do my little religious thing. You know, I, I, this is what I do on Sunday morning. I come to church on Sunday morning. Say, that, that's what I do. That's my religious thing. I, I've got this habit. Why do you go to church? I don't know. Grandma went. Why do you go to that church? Because Grandma went went to that. I just do. I just got my religious thing. I, I just go through my routine and I just get up and just what I do every morning and try to break up people's routine. And, well, we just never done it that way before. All those those what is it, seven words have killed more churches. 
Just because it didn't work 20 years ago doesn't mean it's not going to. Listen, let God be God. Amen. Just because someone went out and did their thing and it didn't work. But if it's God's thing, it's going to work. Amen. So here come Peter and John. And basically what they're saying is silver and gold I, I don't have. In other words, what you think you need, I don't have anyway. Listen, people will beg things off of you and say, well, I just need you to do this, and I just need you to come by and do it. Listen, sometimes it becomes a codependent kind of thing. Silver and gold I do not have. You don't know what you really need, but I've got what you need. Amen. You weren't even expecting it. You didn't even know it was coming, but I'm here to tell you, I've got something here in the name of Right there at the gate, at the gate. It, there it is again, in the name of Jesus. Don't have a lot of money, but I got Jesus. Don't always have the answers, but I got Jesus. Don't always have what you think you need, but I've got Jesus in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says, for the first time in his life, I've never stood before. I've never been this tall. Jesus. Bible says... He went through the gate, walking and leaping and praising God. We don't do that in this house. I don't know what you do, but this is what I feel. Maybe you don't dance in church, but you don't know where I've been. Maybe you don't appreciate your legs, but I never had them before. Maybe you maybe you take for granted that you can walk to church. You can come through that parking lot. Amen. But oh, hallelujah. I don't take it for granted. My God did a miracle. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've faced. But I'm walking. I'm leaping. I'm praying. I'm praising. 